small suburban community was forever changed with the discovery of a young man with sharp, blade-like appendages. His initial celebrity quickly faded as misunderstanding and distrust led to a rampage of destruction and the eventual death of a local teenager. Today on the podcast, Edward Scissorhands. Power of Satan is in him, I can feel it. All along I felt in my gut there was something wrong with him. Welcome to Absolutely True True Crime, a deadly serious podcast. I'm Claire, joining me as always to discuss all things uh, to do with true true crime are my friends and my podcast co-hosts, it's Brad and Tammy. Oh. Hey guys. Hey. Which, which is which? What, what do you... What do you mean? Which uh, one of you is Brad and one uh, of you is Tommy? <laughs> that's oh. that's why I was confused. I was like, I I feel like there were only two options, so I oh. guess I get to choose. I don't. <laughs> you were like, I don't know which one I am. <laughs> Who am I? Um. Yeah. So this week, <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> introduction, Claire. I think. <laughs> uh, so so this week we're actually going to talk about a crime uh, that happened again in Florida. We're we're sticking with Florida. Um. And it a lot is, of monsters in Florida, just saying, guys. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of wacky things in Florida. Um, so we are going to cover the case of Edward Scissorhands. So yeah, this is one of my favorite cases. This is, well, that's that's dark. That says a lot about you, Claire. <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah. I like I like a case that has a bit of everything. A bit of a bit of uh, theft. A bit of murder. A bit of destruction of property. Yeah, and I will say that a bit of topery. Yeah, well, that's always beautiful to add add in. Um, and, and I will say that uh, while Brad and I had to rewatch this documentary because I had seen it a long time ago, but I hadn't watched it recently. Claire didn't even need to rewatch it because Claire, you said since this is like your favorite, like you've seen it, you've watched this the documentary like, a ton of times. I've seen this a lot of times, yeah, and. I it, like weirdly, and they even adapted this this like true crime story into a ballet, which I have also seen. Yeah, uh, she. Which I don't know if that's showing much respect to the victims um, of this of this you know of the you know depicted in this documentary, but you know. Yeah, it's very interesting because Claire dropped that bomb on us right before we started recording, and so um, Brad and I have been. <laughs> trying to see clips of this ballet because no. I just I am very bizarre I I think we've talked about it before when they make like these cases into musicals or or these very like artistic takes on something mm. that that is so horrific um, that has happened um, in many of these cases it's like what made you think that this was a, a great idea? But Claire Wynn saw it, so obviously there was an interest. So. Yeah, there was an audience there. <laughs> you were and not. You were not there alone. Okay. <laughs> um, my sister was very bored throughout it, but I don't think she was the in- intended audience for it. You were. You were. You were the only yeah, intended. Yeah, I audience. definitely was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about Edward for just a moment. Um. We only know so much about his life history. He really was not much of a talker when he did kind of try and become part of society for a very short period of time. So, um, and, and I should say as well, Edward Scissorhands was kind of the name given to him by yes. the society. He didn't really have a, a legal surname, I guess, although he sort of was Edward Boggs, I guess, for a while. Yeah. So he, he was named Edward, but, um, 
he was not quite a full-on human. He was actually invented. There was an inventor that lived in the area. Um, oh, we should also just mention that this takes place in Lutz, Florida. So this was uh, a while back. Um, this is where your your husband is from, Tammy. Yeah, he's not from... So did he have any info about this? Yeah, so he, he didn't remember the case because this actually happened even when, you know, he, he lived in Lakeland, which is near Lutz, um, when he was like 10. So he really didn't know a lot. It was only when we started watching the documentary, he, he was telling Brad and I, he's like, oh my god, that's right where I lived. <laughs> And we were like, well, that's interesting and bizarre. <laughs> um, but the shopping center that um, is in this neighborhood is the same shopping center that uh, my husband used to go to when he was a kid. But this took place a long time before that. And so he, he wasn't familiar with the case at all. Um, you know, he, he had heard about it like some of us had years ago, but... Uh, hadn't rewatched documentary in quite some time either. And so that's why he didn't even remember about really the location or anything. Um, but yeah, so it took place in, in Florida and um, Edward lived in, I would say a castle like home. <laughs> it was a very yeah. large home at the top of a hill at the end of a cul-de-sac in a very suburban neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Like does, does Dan like remember this castle when he visited Lutz as a child at all? No, but he does. This is a very strange addition to this, like, kind of pastel well, coloured neighbourhood. Yeah, and actually um, you know, they're, they're we'll talk about the Boggs family shortly, but their home actually just went on the market and, and sold, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So this is very recent times, and um, but yeah, Dan doesn't remember. He said that if he would have known about a neighborhood where there was, like, kind of a castle-like home, he probably would have remembered I mean, that. I, I have to assume that, like, the, the castle on the hill was there prior to the subdivision. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I it's think. weird that they never... I don't know, because... Listen, Claire, the, the, I, Florida's, Florida property is very weird. It is. Um, like, it's all over the place. Like, Florida's got weird tax laws. There's all kinds of people with money that do weird things here. It's a, it's a strange state. It, <laughs> it I would is. say, if I was a child and I found out there was a castle in my town, unlike Dan, I would have just shrugged, because I live in England and we have castles on every street corner. <laughs> I, I love to to think that. That's true. Like, every street corner, there's a Starbucks across the street from every castle. <laughs> My the, the street next to where I work is called Castle Street because there used to be a castle there. <laughs> that is a true story. That's great. Yeah, this is, this is I mean, I, I agree with Brad. There's definitely some strange real estate happening here. I mean, we were looking to to possibly move recently and we went and saw a dome house it was a house that was literally just a dome it was so bizarre like we went to see it just because it was weird <laughs> we're like let's go wow. <laughs> um but now dan house. is yeah that's well that's the problem now is dan's like well now i want a dome house <laughs> yeah now what was cool about i know this is totally not on topic anymore but what was cool about this house is like okay it was a two-story dome house so you, it was just this big dome and you walk in and there's like a little kitchen and you basically walk into the living room there's like a little bathroom to the side and there was a bedroom toward the back and then you go upstairs and there was the one bedroom up basically at the top of the dome and then outside they had created two 
they were kind of sheds, but they were not. They were actually like one was like nine foot by nine foot. It was a massive space that they used as an artist room. And so it had an AC oh. in there. It had like, honestly, that was like, I, I did see that and was like, this could be my dance studio. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. I was like, this could be, be mine. This could all be mine. And then um, there was a secondary like, shed room that was another artist space so the people that live there obviously weren't into art and that was like their art studio spaces outside of their dome home and it was it was very it was the coolest place but also so bizarre so all that to say florida has some weird shit going on (laughs) (laughs) and yes there was this castle there but no one seemed to really do anything about it it just was that i'm amazed that like it just seems like no one had ever been up in this neighborhood prior to the events of this documentary had, had ever gone up there. No. Like, I'm amazed because, like, you would have thought that they would have, like, snapped up that prime bit of real estate, you know? Yeah, like but developers I, I mean, or something. So, so here's the thing. So Edward lived in that house by himself. He was uh, – there was an inventor that lived there. No one seems to know who the name of the inventor. Uh, and Edward didn't know his name, but he was given the name Edward by the inventor and um so he was just someone who invented a lot of different machinery and decided to create he seemed to a be man. like a baker at first like he started out being a baker yeah and making cookies and then decided to i don't know <laughs> was he delivering these cookies to the neighborhood like what was he doing with all these cookies i don't know i don't know um there's a lot of unanswered questions in this documentary <laughs> definitely <laughs> so many um but yeah so he lived up there and unfortunately the inventor passed away before he completed edward and so the thing that was left to complete on edward were his hands so edward was had blades really it's he, they call him scissor hands because they look scissor like but they're really blades as uh his hands i mean it seems kind of dangerous that this guy to have like he could have just had like prosthetics or something yeah well he did he did get him prosthetics but passed away before being able to have uh put them on edward Hmm. so edward seemingly lived up there for i'm not sure how long we don't know how long edward was there before um before he was he was found Uh, before he was kidnapped yeah before he was kidnapped um so at some point, again, we we don't we really can't rely on what Edward said or did because he really didn't talk a lot, and so we don't get a lot of information. Um, but we have Peg Boggs, part of the Boggs family, who was a door-to-door Avon saleswoman. Can I say my sister in the last month has become an Avon lady? No, no, yeah. So I thought I'd wait to drop this bombshell on you guys. That's that's quite so the bombshell. So I told her <laughs> to like watch out because yeah. I've seen this documentary many times, and I was like, "Don't go into any castle on the hills." And as I've said, we've got a lot of castles over here. I was like, "Just don't do it. It's not worth it. You don't know what will happen." Yeah, but yeah. She's she is an Avon lady. Wow, that's no good. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, I I don't. I mean. I guess I knew of Avon people, but they were always women that I already worked with. They weren't like quitting their jobs. I guess Avon was. She's doing it as well. Thing. Yeah, she's got her job as well. My oh, mom okay. also used okay. to be an Avon lady. You know, it's like a family profession. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> My mom. My friend didn't. Alex's mother was uh, did Mary Kay for a long yeah. time. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's what my mom did when I was little. My mom I was did little. Tupperware as well. Oh, wow. All the All things. the pyramid schemes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, nope. Yeah, I remember growing up because, like, my mom did the Mary Kay thing. But, like, there was a lady in our area who had, like, the pink Mary Kay car and everything. Like, she was, she was like, Queen Mary Kay. Like, it was <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But I did always find Avon products a lot better than Mary Kay products. I'll just say that. Um, I don't think we have Mary Kay over here. Yeah, you guys might not. They they definitely did more makeup more than anything. Whereas I feel like Avon also does like lotions and bath and yeah. body type stuff. So they just had more selection. Um. So that's what Peg Boggs did. She did Mary Kay. It's a very small little... Uh, you know, subdivision she lives in. So all these women already knew each other. So I'm not sure what she thought she was going to do, who was going to buy things. Like, uh, but one day she was just having a rough sales day and she decided she's going to go up to that castle at the end of the cul-de-sac. I don't know why she thought anyone would live up there because the castle is quite, you know, at this point, we don't know what it's like now, if it's even still standing, but it was quite dilapidated, you know, from, yeah. from what you could see anyway from the the town or the neighborhood, I guess. Dilapidated yeah. castle sounds like old money to me. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say. I mean, say- <laughs> I, would, I would totally live in this castle. I'm very all about its like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aesthetic. It's great. It's great. I, I really thought you said you were going to say, Brad, is Dilapidated Castle sounds like a band name to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that too. That too. <laughs> but I Old think, Money like, also when I was makes younger, sense. <laughs> like watching lots of documentaries, I was like, I either want to one day live in the castle from this documentary or the other documentary I watched when I was younger, which was the documentary Casper. Um, I wanted to move into that house. Well, yeah. So if anyone wants to give me all the money in the world so I can afford either of those those houses, that would be lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So yeah. So she she goes up there. Uh, Pen goes up there, and she runs into Edward. And instead of being com- when, when we say she goes into the car, oh, she, she like the door, literally opens the no door answer. and walks in. She she, she, she breaks chases, and enters. She sees a shadow and she chases it upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's not afraid of this guy with blades for fingers. Well, I mean, she is from Florida. No, oh, it's true. Okay, fair. Weird, weird shit in Florida. <laughs> um, so she decides that this gentleman cannot live in this castle all by himself. I, I'm not sure. It seems like he was doing fine before, but I, now I, I things have changed. If you find a weirdo um, in bondage gear with, with blade hands... I, I don't know about taking that home. Yep. Well, that's not it what It doesn't seem like she really gave him a choice either. No. no. So that's why I say she kind of kidnaps him. <laughs> um, and, you know, we do understand that, like, Edward having been created, he hasn't been introduced to the world, you know? He hasn't really been in society. And he watched his creator die, who we don't know whatever happened to the body. Um... As, I do wonder what happened to the book. Right? There's a lot of questions. Uh, yeah. That is, uh, that is high on the list. So, you know, I to me, it's like he almost had the mentality of a very small child. And so she mm-hmm. definitely, I feel like, took a little bit advantage of that. Um, so Peg goes ahead, brings him home to her husband, Bill, her son, Kevin. And she does have a teenage daughter, Kim, who is currently um, one 
Edward is brought home is out with her friends. Uh, the whole- oh, and a son, Kevin, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. I thought I oh, said did it. You say- oh, sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, and if I didn't, I apologize, little Kevin. You're also part of the family. Uh, <laughs> so the whole neighborhood sees um, Peg drive home with someone in a a gentleman drive with Robert Smith from The Cure. Yeah, <laughs> dressed in bondage gear. I mean, it's a look. Um, but drives home, and so the whole neighborhood is talking. Again, these are people that... A lot of that, looky-loos. A lot of looky-loos. Yeah, this is like, uh, I mentioned to Brad when we were watching it, this is like pre-Nextdoor app. So these mm-hmm. people had to actually talk face-to-face. Yeah. <laughs> just... This this really brought me back to my childhood. Really? Oh, ye- oh, so many busybodies? Oh my god. Just like, lo- when, when, um... When we moved into our house, when I was in the second grade, um, the old lady that lived across the street literally broke two ribs because she was, like, peeping out the window (gasps) on all of the comings and goings as we were moving Uh in. That's that's, that's, that's extreme peeping and creeping, that is. No, wow. it was because it was, I was it was a bunch of old people, so it was just people that had all the fucking time to like gossip yeah. and busybody and like call each other about shit that was going on. Everybody had police scanners, so if they heard something, they call everybody. Everybody's talking together. They're like meet. They're they're meeting up outside, like talking across That's the fence. Wild. Oh, it was busybody central in Bemis. It was <laughs> oof. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I missed out on that in Los Angeles. That was not. A <laughs> was not. I mean, there were definitely people who knew some things, but I feel like even as an adult living in Florida, I had more busybodies in my neighborhood than I did growing up. Um, but I mean, these people are. This goes beyond busybodies, though, because yeah. um, throughout the documentary, we find out things like the whole neighborhood gets together for a Christmas party. Like, Ugh. everyone. They and throw barbecues, barbecues and, and, and all the things. Ugh. So this is just a normal every day for them. Um, but yeah, so Edward goes to Peg's house. They try and put him in some plain clothes really, to kind of like, cover up the I bondage. Mean, he's, <laughs> he's like a young man. Like, yeah. like, like, take him to, like, social services or something, like... <laughs> get him some help like yeah. go take him to a doctor to like check that you know he's okay like i don't know anything but nope yeah there's a lot of talk about doctors but <laughs> we never not one shows up yeah also i question why they never like take off his bondage gear they just like dress him over the top so yeah. you know yeah i've got a lot of questions i i feel like he must smell right like, oh, does he yeah. smell bad? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, he probably I, smells of, of at least of mildew living yeah. in that castle. Yeah. I mean, well, I still, I got a lot of questions about the bathroom situation. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Like we see, we see all like the little cuts on his face, and I, yeah, a lot of questions, a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that was the whole thing. So, and and I don't know how much of a human he is versus more robotics like I don't I don't know where that line is I'm not the inventor and I just don't think we get clarity in the documentary on where that line is of him being human or how much of a human he is versus how much of a robot is he 
Mm. I mean, do we know that he's this... seemingly immortal? Yeah, do we yeah. know I mean, that? Well, this... they... I mean, I don't know how much I trust this documentary. Do we know that maybe this just a uh, doctor guy just like snatched a kid, like, and just told him he's a robot? Chopped his hands off? Yeah, maybe he could have. Hands. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of questions. Or he 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 snatched a kid who was born without hands and then just gave him these blades and was like, oh well, I couldn't finish you because I made you. Oh. oh. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we don't know the inventor's name and we couldn't find that in any documents, that says a lot, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, also the fact that apparently this guy created life, but this has, like, not broken the scientific world. Yeah. I question. <laughs> I question this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, all, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, and I, I mean, but I do put part of that blame, like, on the Boggs family. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Because yeah. they really kept him locked up in their house and then the whole neighborhood and we're not going to go into like every detail of the documentary if you guys want to watch every story that's told from this the neighborhood please by all means watch a documentary but just know that like there's a lot of times that i feel like they they exploited edward for what Mm -hmm. he was while trying to make it seem like they just enjoyed having his company yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I think I think a case could be made that you know sometimes when somebody gets famous for one thing, um, you miss out on their other achievements. So I think it's it's very possible that yeah, Chips Ahoy makes makes great cookies. Sure, they're great, but the fame of their cookies has really overshadowed the fact that they're creating life as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then nobody talks about that because they're so obsessed with those dumb cookies. Yeah, they're. they're- yeah. <laughs> that's that's what happened. They didn't realize he was an inventor. They just thought he was the local baker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. An EL fudge cookies, fine, sure. But we're overlooking the fact that there's elves. So, I mean... <laughs> I, I think that cookies just... <laughs> top everyone's charts as to what they're looking at. Once cookies are involved, these, that's these, it. <laughs> these cookies that this inventor slash baker slash kidnapper... Um, made. They didn't look that exciting. They just looked like sugar cookies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but... Yeah, they I, weren't blowing my mind. I mean, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, a homemade cookie is always going to be better than any sort of, like, mass-marketed packaged cookie anyway. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Nobody, nobody remembers the fact that Miss Fields in, um, also, uh, Amazing Doctor. Amazing. They don't, nobody talks about <laughs> Dr. Fields. No, it's Mrs. Fields. I mean, it's a fine cookie, sure, but look at all the good she did for the world. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The 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 things that we're talking about in today's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, just mind-blowing, really. Um, but yeah, so the box so fa- the Kim was away, wasn't she? She was Kim with was her friends. When- yeah, yeah, and then she she does end up coming back um and uh, really running into Edward sleeping in her bed, which was just terrifying. Is it really a bed though? Cuz it's a well, water bed. Well, it's so- a water bed. <laughs> And they didn't think it would be a bad idea to put uh, to put a man who has knives for hands on a waterbed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like that's not good. Like, why not kick Kevin out of his bed? Yeah. Because they don't care about Kevin. And and then like put Edward in Kevin's bed, and then Kevin sleeps in Kim's bed. Yeah. Also, when Kim comes home, which she will, they're seemingly planning to adopt Edward. Where does he sleep? Well, they've got a, they've got a pullout in the basement. And he they, could, they should have put, put him, him in the there in the basement the whole time. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what they were thinking. Um, and then you have okay. So this whole neighborhood again. We're like, I don't know if we really want to go into like all the stories, but Edward definitely makes himself available. He creates these beautiful topiary pieces around the neighborhood, and then um, he also becomes a dog groomer, and then moves up to being a hairstylist, full blown, no school attended. <laughs> And these, like, bored housewives in this neighbourhood are, like, thrilled by Edward because he's kind of exotic and unusual and they're, like, getting their hair cut not only to get a nice haircut but also, like, you know, he's exotic and he's different and all this kind of thing. And were they nice haircuts? I don't know. I feel (laughs) like he really should have went to some kind of schooling (laughs) to understand what he was doing. Um, I mean, he he trained his hairdressing experience is training him making toperies. Yeah. So, but, but, but was their hair game to begin with wasn't that great? No. So, no. I mean, I think it's a lateral move. If, if you know, worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did get to do some interesting things with their hair during the Christmas holiday season, so. Mm, truth. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so you have all of this, but, you know, then, which I think it was more, like you're saying, Claire, the novelty of him. Like, he's just mm-hmm. new and exotic and interesting. But then Peg also takes him on a talk show and, and that kind of stuff. And that's where I felt like they were becoming more exploitive. Yeah, I yeah I agree. Uh, so, and under the guise of this, like them basically adopting him and him thinking that this is his family and that they care about him, and and I do think that Peg and the Boggs family cared about him, but the neighbors certainly did not. Mm-hmm. They were more just like, oh, something new. Uh, we do meet. Uh, Kim does have a boyfriend, and his name is Jim. <sighs> yeah. Jim the Jerk. That's that's what I call him. Exactly. He is Jim the Jerk. <laughs> this guy is awful. Yeah. He. Um, I mean, there's a lot of awful people in this documentary. Um, there's the oh, neighbor yeah. Esmeralda, oh, who yeah. plays the organ. Yeah, um, very religious freak, yeah. Yeah, and then there's Joyce, the neighbor who, like, sexually assaults men. Yeah, yeah. So, and then there's Jim the Jerk as well. Yeah, so Jim uh, is Kim's boyfriend. Ugh, Kim and Jim, like, already, like, just Oof. break up. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you, and he's, he comes from quite a wealthy family, yeah. as opposed to the Bogs. Yeah. Uh, he first also has of all, all the worst shirts. Yeah, he really does. It's not good. Yeah. And jackets, shirts, and, and jackets, a te- and a terrible van. No, he doesn't have a van. He wants a no, van. No, it's his, yeah. Oh, he wants the van. The van's the friends. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. But he is definitely jealous of Edward. Plus, this is some guy who he sees living in the house with his girlfriend. (laughs) And he's very um, verbally abusive to Kim and just very demanding and has to be in control of everything. One of those nice gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah, a keeper. A keeper, yeah. Uh, and one day, Kim and Jim, again, no, um, no, are locked out of the house and Edward comes home and is able to just unlock the door with his blades. I just <laughs> doing the lock. And uh, so Jim comes up with this idea to steal from his dad, who is rich, by using Edward and his skill of unlocking doors. That sounds so dumb. But unlocking doors without keys. <laughs> no. Lock picking. Break, breaking in. <laughs> yeah. He's like a human, one of those uh, lock picking guns. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So when they go to do this, I mean, and Edward only agrees to do it, obviously, because Kim asks him to. Yeah, he's kind of developed a crush on Kim already. Yeah. I mean, pretty much from the first time he saw her photograph. Yeah, which is also not great. (laughs) No, but I mean, she's the first girl maybe his own age? We don't know. We don't know. He could be 500. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, she's... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, he picks a lock and it triggers the alarm and Jim flees with Kim and leaves Edward behind to kind of be arrested for breaking and entering. Yeah. It's real sad. So, from that... It's really sad. Yeah, and from that point on, I think Edward is a little disillusioned with these people who supposedly care so much about him. Uh, And the neighborhood now sees him as a criminal. Because he's been arrested and he tried to break into Jim's parents' house. And it's not even like they see him as a criminal. They It's the start of them kind of seeing him really as an outsider and a monster. and Yeah. And that kind of escalates more with the situation with Joyce. Yes. So Joyce attempts to rape him. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but because he does not, well, technically he gets away... And because of that, and him not being open to her advances, uh, she tells everyone that he tried to rape her. Yeah. Or attacked her in some way. And everyone believes her, because... Well, now he's a criminal as well. Now he's a criminal, and he does have knives for hands. Yep. Yeah, that will, you know, put you over the edge. If you've got knives for hands, I I might also be a little like, I don't don't know, sir. Always gotta be cautious. (laughs) Always gotta be cautious. Yeah. Also, please stop cutting up my food, because I don't know where those knives have been. Absolutely. Yeah, he's, like, chopping up lettuce and everything, and I'm like, like, I hope, like, you're really cleaning those blades before you do anything, because, particularly, like, you know, COVID times. Yeah. Just saying, if he's still doing that. Yeah, it's so gross. I when mean, I listen, I, I, I know, uh, I don't know if Amy Klobuchar is listening, but uh, you shouldn't be using the same things that you're doing uh, um, a hairdressing with for uh, for food consuming. Yeah, mm-hmm. two different things. They should yeah. use two different things. Yeah. I don't care if you washed comb, it. You can't cut hair with the same thing you cook shish kebabs on. Yeah. And the things that you cook shish kebabs on should be washed immediately following and then put away <laughs> and not used yeah. for cutting the hedges <laughs> correct yeah it's a lot of unsanitary things uh, in this documentary that really grossed me out um but yeah so he so basically the neighborhood kind of starts turning on him and when it comes to christmas time when peg boggs normally throws her neighborhood christmas party everyone is Ooh. kind of like no thank you i don't want to go to your house yeah um but peg soldiers on and starts you know getting everything ready gets a house ready and she puts edward to work on an ice sculpture to have outside where do they get this ice i have no clue that's a, it's another question we had <laughs> we were watching the like, documentary and particularly where does edward get the ice at the end of the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. All good questions. No answers, just so you know. There's no answers. I mean, if you guys have ans- answers, please email us. Please, please let us know. I will say Cut these sculptures night. are really beautiful. Yes. This, well, this one is. Some of them aren't. But I do I do think this one is really beautiful that he makes. 
Um, but yeah, so as he's doing the ice sculpture, obviously there's ice flying everywhere, and it um, is like and snow. it's a sculpture of Kim as well, which is yeah. Question. Oh no, it's no, not. This it's is a sculpture a of an angel. angel. Yeah, yeah. He does have yeah. a sculpture of Kim at the uh, that we see at the end. Um, but yeah, this is the angel. And so as he's doing this, I mean, again, this is Florida. We don't uh, normally have snow, <laughs> especially in the Tampa area. Um, so all the shaved ice Except flying for in everywhere. Universal Studios at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It comes out of lampposts. <laughs> I've been there. I've seen it. <laughs> I think down uh, Disney Springs, it used to be downtown Disney, does like, basically it's soap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, but his is, is shaved ice, so much closer to snow, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. And uh, it is all around, and Kim is just enamored by what, you know, she probably has never seen snow in her life living in Florida. So this is super exciting for her. I've never seen someone so enamored with weather since I saw uh, that (laughs) documentary with Catherine Chandler being enamored by rain. Yeah. (laughs) Some people just, you know, they get very excited about weather. Yeah. (laughs) um, But yeah, so so that all happens and Jim shows up and um, it kind of startles Edward and he accidentally cuts Kim's hand. A little tiny, Nick, but you know. Needless to say, Jim loses his shit. And Kim yells at him and officially breaks up with him at this point. Uh, Jim leaves to go get drunk with his friend. And then to drive... And drive. Yeah, and then to drive back after getting drunk. Like, the fastest drunk period I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he pre-gamed that, but... uh <laughs> Uh, to, to drive back. So as he's driving back, Kevin is... Oh, Ed, by the way, Edward has left because he's also upset. So Kevin has been wandering the neighborhood looking for Edward. Um, so he's walking down the street and as Jim is driving towards there and he almost runs Kevin over except Edward goes ahead and saves Kevin by pushing him out of the way. Uh, but he does push him out of the way with his blade hands. <laughs> Well, he kind of, like, lands on him. Yeah. And he's trying to calm him down. And I guess because he's anxious, his, his, like, blade hands are going, and it, like, nicks Kevin on the face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the neighborhood has come out to see Edward on top of Kevin, and that he cut Kevin. So the neighborhood, again, is, like, an angry mob now, going after Edward. Edward runs up to the castle, because that's the only place he knows to go. Oh, we forgot to mention something. After oh, he is arrested, um, he destroys a ton of stuff in the house as well. Yeah, um, it's very upset. he like destroys the um, uh, he destroys like the wallpaper. He smashes stuff. He destroys the clothes that the bugs gave him. To be fair, um, it's probably really easy to destroy things when you have blades for hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but this is like on purpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I'm like, even if he was just normal person angry, like, once you have blades for hands, it's like, all oh, everything's out the window. Um, but yeah, so, okay, so he's he's run up to the, the castle, and uh, you've got Jim also following, and really the whole neighborhood following. Uh, and Jim gets to him pretty quickly, and a fight ensues between him and... Uh, Edward. And by a fight, I mean Jim really just starts beating the shit out of him. 
And I think Kim's as there as well at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. And has told Jim that she basically doesn't want to be with him anymore. Yeah. I mean, she already had to break up with him once, but now she's also got to break up with a drunk Jim. So this is good times. Um, he actually hits Kim and kicks her. It's not, a, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, she threatens him with Edward's blade, but that doesn't, I think that's actually when he kicks her. Um, I think he slaps her at that point. Yeah, and then kicks her. Yeah. And then uh, Edward ends up having, you know, to stop the attack from continuing, he ends up uh, killing Jim and then shoving him out. Well, yeah, I guess he pushes him out the window, but he also was kind of stumbling back, so. Mm. Yeah. Um, so obviously now Jim's dead body is lying outside of the castle. <laughs> And the whole neighborhood have arrived. Yeah. The neighborhood that has never visited the castle ever. They're all there now. (laughs) Worst neighbors. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so Kim comes down and lies and says that uh, the roof caved in and killed Edward. And so she says that they killed each other and holds up a spare pair of blades that she found in the castle to indicate that those were Edward's. But what do they tell the police? Well, the police had already like, left. He did, oh, that yeah, the police, police didn't there, care. But, like, I'm amazed that there's no more investigation into this, you know? Yeah. No, I, I you know, we we didn't mention the police because they were so inconsequential in this this documentary, but they were about as helpful as actual police are. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there, there's really not much more to say. They, they kind of half-assed investigated things. They threatened. They threatened to murder some people. Yep. Um. They shot a gun in the air. Um. And then they said, "Yeah, it's all fine now." So. Yeah, they shot bullets into the air after a mob of people is walking toward them. That seems smart. Yeah. Uh, and so we do know from stories that Kim has told over the years is that she believes Edward is still alive. She's never went back up to see him. She's just like left him alone there uh, because every year around the same time it snows, which again, probably just snowing in that neighborhood if Edward's still alive. And uh, that's, you know, and there's just ice flying everywhere. So he, he didn't take up ice sculpture until he met the Boggs family. <laughs> I want to know where he gets his ice from. I need to understand that as well. Definitely. The other question, and again, this is goes back to that question of how much of him is human, how much of him is robot, is like, does he ever need to eat? I know we talked about the bathroom situation, but if he never eats, I guess he probably doesn't have to use a restroom, so it's never been a problem. But then he eats with the Boggs family. It's very, it's all very yeah, bizarre. Yeah, he does eat, and he drinks yeah. lemonade, and he gets drunk. Yeah. Um, he drinks lemonade with whiskey in it that they give him. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't... I don't know. So I don't know if he's just, he doesn't have to eat to sustain himself, but maybe he can eat. I don't, I don't know. It's very strange. Very strange. So those I feel like are answers we might, we might not uh, ever know. Uh, So that is the case of Edward Scissorhands. And I know that, uh, like I said, three of us have watched a documentary about Edward Scissorhands which is just named after him. Uh, Claire has also watched the ballet, which is just incredible that there is one. <laughs> and I'm just blown away. Um, anything, anything else? Anywhere else you guys? Um, um, well, I did also used to have a two foot tall 
sculpture of Edward Scissorhands. Two foot tall? Whoa. Yeah, which is one of the only things I have of like a true life, you know, crime. I don't really collect like crime paraphernalia. Liar. But well, you I know your Pennywise uh, fascination. I, I do have a little, oh yeah, I do have a Pennywise, yeah. Um, I don't have this anymore, but I did used to have a two foot um, tall Edward Scissorhands and it was in my bathroom for years. What the Claire, this is some weird information today. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know there was going to be more than one bathroom situation on this episode. <laughs> Got a lot of questions about both. Yeah. Wow. I don't even, I don't even know what to do with this information. Um, I just thought I'd give you all the shocking news. I mean, in one episode, shocking. like wow. you know. I, I saw the ballet, My Sister's an Avon Lady. <laughs> oh, that's right. I've and already I forgotten. A, and Edward Scissorhands in my bathroom. Yeah. Oh. I come from a long line of Avon ladies, I should say. Yeah. It's weird. All right. Well, if there's nothing else with the case, let's go ahead and, Brad, you want to walk us and uh, talk to us about our next segment? Yes, friends. It is time for Judge, judge jury, jury, and Executioner. And executioner. Nice. Brad. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> what, Brad, what's a judge? What's a jury? What's, what's an executioner? A, what's a judge? <laughs> um, well, well, Claire, uh... I know that actor, Judge Reinhold, is it, like, oh, things to do with him? No, no, Claire, Claire. Um, a judge, judge jury, jury, and executioner. And executioner. A judge is, uh, it presides over a trial, um... A, a, a jury uh, would then find a, a verdict, um, and an executioner uh, would uh, murder someone for the state. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. Uh, now... Well, I don't think we should do that, like, two-thirds oh, of that, Brad. Well, don't worry, Claire. Good news, we're not, and we never have and we never will. One, because the uh, the death penalty is morally wrong, and we have no interest in that sort of nonsense, and if you want that on our podcast, you're a monster. Go fuck yourself. Also, we will not have a jury, uh, because we don't want riffraff on our podcast. So yeah. also, stop asking for these things. You, you people are the reason we don't have a jury. People asking for this sort of nonsense. We will have a judge, a prosecution, and a defense, and we will try this case, and we will decide it ourselves without the aid of a filthy, degenerate jury. Thank you, Brad, for, for clarifying that. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Wow. Well, thank you for that information. I feel like, um, Claire, one day you'll you'll understand how this podcast works. <laughs> so I, I think I think it's just one of the it's it's one of those uh, uh, translations over the seas. I just think uh, oh. it's a different it's a different form of of justice in the UK. We don't have justice in my country, so it took a while for me to learn what it is. Oh well, we don't in ours either. But you know, hey. <laughs> Uh, uh, so this week, um, I get to be the judge. Ah, I'm so excited. Uh, Claire, you are <laughs> <OMG>. the- OMG. <laughs> OMG. Uh, Claire, you are the defense. And Brad, you are the prosecution in the case of the podcast versus Edward Scissorhands. Yes. So, um, all rise. Welcome to my court. 
Now sit down, take a seat, let's let's rest up. It was just very quick, just really quick, all right. Um, Brad, why don't you go ahead and start the prosecution and tell us what we're doing here today. All right, guys, uh, we got a laundry list of charge today. This, I, there's so much crime happening. I, I, it's, it's just, it's a shocking amount of crime that we're dealing with here um, in this case. And I, I hope, I hope we can see justice today. We will be charging Edward Scissorhands with manslaughter, obviously for the death of Jim, but that's not the main thing we're, we want to deal with here. The other things are, I think, much uh, bigger issues. We have a charge of, of breaking and entering, sure. I mean, that, whatever. Uh, we have a charge of property damage. Uh, we have a charge of reckless food contamination and operating an unsolicited hair salon. Whoa. That is a, a lot of charges. I kind of, I mean, you don't, you may have these just in, in list form uh, there, Brad, but lawyer Brad, but do you, do you have like an order of what, what you feel the worst crimes are? Oh, I, I feel the, the worst list? crime is the uh, reckless food contamination and unsolicited hair salon. I think, and I, I honestly, I feel like those are, inter those are related, <laughs> largely related. <laughs> So I, I think that's I think that's that's my main crime. Um, after that would be uh, the property damage done to the Boggs home, as well as to the the uh, varying uh, um, uh, shrubberies around town, um, the puncturing of a tire. Um, then then I think uh, the uh, breaking and entering, and then the manslaughter, of course, being the the the, the least charge that I'm I'm concerned with. But all various serious charges. And I assume the breaking and entering was of Jim's home. Correct. Jim's family's Correct. home. Okay. Correct. All right. That is that is uh, five charges. So that's a, that's a lot to defend, <laughs> Claire. Um, so, okay. So on the charge of, well, first of all, Edward Scissorhands, he was a victim in all of this. Um, he was just living his best life up in his castle making his toperies. He didn't want to be disturbed. He got chased by Pegbogs, who went into his property without permission, I should add, and followed him up to his safe space of his attic, where he was hiding. He didn't want to be approached. She went up to him and basically forced him to come home with her. Basically kidnapped him. He didn't know any better. She put him in his car. She took him home. He is a victim in all of this. He didn't want any of this. He wanted to be left alone with his shrubberies. With Bear in mind, with which he doesn't have to clean his blades and do all this stuff. He doesn't eat food from what we can see in his castle. So he doesn't know about cleaning his blades uh, in dealing with food and contaminating food. He's not aware of this. Objection. Now, surely... <laughs> uh, this is wild speculation. Um, it's not. We don't see any food in the documentary. He only eats food when he goes to the boxes. Therefore, There's a lot of things we also don't see. We don't see the bathroom in the documentary. And I got a lot of questions about that. There's some things that just aren't in this documentary. Fair enough. But we, we also have no proof that he did eat before that. Also, I'm going to say, I want to, I think that the bogs were very cruel to him. 
for when they made him dinner, they gave him a dinner of peas, knowing that he would not be able to pick them up with his blade hands. Like, that's just cruel. You don't give someone peas for dinner when they have blade hands. How are they supposed to eat them? I just think that's cruel, and it was a cruel prank. I just want to add that. I think these people were monsters. They also put him in a waterbed, knowing that if he moved slightly, he's going to puncture it, and he would damage it. It was not his choice to go in this waterbed. They kidnapped him, they put him in this house, and made him go in a waterbed. Anyway, as an aside, I just want to point out that the Boggses were monsters. Are I mean, you, I, so I, I, I are you going to bring a separate a... charge against the Boggs family? Uh, I feel like I, sh I should, but I know Judge Tammy has a lot on her well, plate. We're, we're covering still... five five things today. So um, <laughs> I, think, still... well, I think we're also still going through all the previous ones that you are still no. going through. I, I think, so, I think I, we can all agree, though, the three of us, I think we can all just right here now agree that the Boggs family should be charged with owning a waterbed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, and absolutely. putting Edward in it. <laughs> like that and is putting Edward in it. That yeah. is just, very owning, cool owning a waterbed alone I think is a strong enough crime that I think we can prosecute. Okay, uh, let's all agree. Let's all agree as friends and colleagues that they they should be locked up for owning a waterbed. Correct. That's gross. Yeah. Okay. All right, good. So, for reckless food contamination, Edward just wanted to please these people. He, you know, he might not have wanted to go there, but when he was there, he felt that these people cared about him. They didn't. And he just wanted to help them. So if they give him stuff to chop up, he's going to chop it up. Surely it is up to them to make sure that his blades are clean. He can't lift up a bar of soap. He can't turn on a tap. It's up to them to make sure that those blades are clean. How is he supposed to clean his blades himself when he can't do it? So therefore, it is on them to make sure that those blades are clean. Ooh. Uh, let's go Sorry, ahead. I want to say that. Thank you. Um, I just want to kind of make sure that we're we're hitting all of these. So I think the main one we we discussed the Boggs family a little bit, or you discussed the Boggs family a little bit, and and I just feel like that um, while it gives the background of what what who and what you're defending, that's fine. But I think right now the only thing that you've you've talked about is the reckless food contamination. So I just want to make sure are you gonna go through all five of these? Or are we separating mm -hmm. these out? Okay, perfect. Just yeah. so I know for my uh, notes. So that's reckless food contamination. Operating an unsolicited hair salon. Um those that women's those women's hair they were they looked terrible beforehand and some of them looked a bit better afterwards. Even if they didn't look better, they look just the same. So, fine. Whatever. He wasn't even operating a hair salon. He was doing it in the garden of someone's house. They knew what they were getting into. They couldn't possibly think that he had qualifications for cutting hair when he came from a castle and clearly had no social skills. He's obviously not trained in hairdressing. When he was going to work in the hairdressers later, with Joyce, that was a solicited hair salon because she owned it and she was going to employ him there. Obviously, that never came about anyway. So um, I, those people completely knew that they were getting their hair cut by someone that had no formal training. I think judging by the haircuts he did, you can tell he had no formal training as well. Um, so I refuse to believe to, to say that he should be charged on that. Um, in the charge of property damage, I do acknowledge that there was a lot of property damage. Some of it was unintentional just due to this individual's uh, specific handicap. Some of it was intentional, but I do believe this was due to the emotional trauma that uh, my client did suffer um, at the hands of the monsters that is the Boggs family and this whole neighborhood um, as, as a whole. And we can go into that more if you like. In terms of breaking and entering, he did not instigate the breaking and entering. He did go along with it, but it was not his plan. Um, and he has actually been charged for that. 
and um, faced the police and was arrested and everything like that. So really, does he need any further charges on that? Uh, I'll pause now and then we can talk about manslaughter. Jim was a jerk. He was going to kill them. It was self-defense. All right. I'm going to have a sit down and a sip from my drink. <laughs> well, that was a lot to go through. So thank you. Okay, Brad, do you want to? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, first of all, um, running uh, an unlicensed hair salon, whether whether his clients knew he had a license or not, it does not matter. He was running an unlicensed hair salon, which cannot be allowed. Also, he's using the same implements to cut hair that he uses to prepare food. This cannot stand. This is I. This is wild and reckless food contamination. He also used the same implements. Which he's cutting hair, grooming dogs, preparing food. These are, he's using all the same implements for all of these devices. Uh, we never. How would he clean his blades? How? How? When he has no hands? Yeah, this is why he should not be preparing food. <laughs> not his choice. But it is his choice to keep doing these things. He keeps committing these crimes. Sorry, I'll let you carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We listen. There, there needs to be a clear, clear explanation of, of what sort of sanitation is going on here, because this cannot stand. Also, uh, can I point out that he is putting, he's putting, uh, poor sweet pups in danger, uh, by, by cut, like, can you imagine if he, if he should accident, we already know that he, he very often accidentally cuts himself and others, uh, with these scissor hands. Um, how easy would it be to, to, hurt a poor little dog with these hands that he's grooming with also without a license I didn't even bring that charge and knowing that these these hands are contaminated from cooking food uh, uh, cutting all these topiaries all this he's I, no this cannot stand he must be brought up on charges ignorance of the law is absolutely not an excuse the, are the bogs monsters of course they have a waterbed of course of course <laughs> Uh, but Edward Scissorhands also must be prosecuted. These crimes cannot stand. If we if we let him get away with these crimes, I, who who's who, who's going to come along next and do these same things? Okay, and I I just want to make sure I capture because I feel like a lot of this came up under operating an unsolicited hair salon. But for the reckless food contamination, you're also saying that maybe the first time he didn't know, but he continued to cook food correct okay uh did you have anything additional for the property damage him breaking and entering or manslaughter um on on the uh, breaking and entering um uh, yes he was yeah he was coerced to do it but he unlocked the lock and he admitted later that he knew uh that it was jim's house he knew exactly what he was doing and he still uh unlocked that door no, can cannot have that. I don't care what the excuse is. Oh, he was he was talked into it. Doesn't matter. Like I, he was doing it for somebody else. Cool. Doesn't matter. Uh, you can't just go around <laughs> unlocking locks because somebody asked you to. That's not how it works. <laughs> cool. 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 <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Claire. Anything to add to any of this? 
I would say as well that he did admit that it was Jim's house, but he also, when he was questioned about um, morals and moral decisions later by Bill and the other bogs, he it became clear that he had no idea of you know of what to do in society of what society's expectations are you know good versus bad absolute you know, nonsense he, he had the right he, answer he didn't he absolutely did the box family just <laughs> he, sucks I, I agreed with his answer but society might disagree unfortunately that's why society sucks um but he you know it became clear that he had had no upbringing by his his father slash inventor in terms of this he'd never thought about this before um, instead of like, they, I mean, they, this is something that they should have discussed with him before this. They should have, you know, this is why he should have been taken to a social worker or he should have been taken to a doctor or something in regards to the, the cutting hair and cutting I'm sorry, can we, can we just stop on, on this things. moment of the moral question? So, um, a counselor, am I to believe that your stance is the correct, uh, moral standard is if you find money, you should literally fund the police? Uh, no, but you you said that he was right. Uh, yeah, he was right. His answer was not yeah. to give it to the police. No, I would not give it to the police. I would um, give it to my loved ones, um, personally. But this is what they're telling us in this documentary is expected, so I'm going with well, it. Well, just by, because the Boggs family is against defunding the police. <laughs> I mean, they would be, though, right? Like, like we have saw a that. waterbed. It's... C- Case closed on the Box family. We know, we know what they're about. They're about mm-hmm. funding the police and owning waterbeds. Uh, in regards to the hair salon and the cutting dog's hair and everything like that, he was uh, fully encouraged by Peg and the other rest of the Boggs family to do this. He was encouraged by them. He was you encouraged know, by criminals. Had, sorry? He was encouraged by criminals, yes. Yes, but he didn't think of them as criminals at that point. How did he know that they were criminals? He doesn't know about this. They would have known that he doesn't have the the capability of knowing that he would need a license or anything like this. He's grown up in a castle with toperies as <laughs> company. He doesn't know about this. He clearly hasn't been taught right from wrong. His morals come from himself. So he has not been taught about the laws of, you know, hairdressing, you know, hair salon business, you know, getting a license and all that. He doesn't know about that. Again, I would say that the Bogs, if they're encouraging him to do this, then they should have got him a license. They should have realized that he he does not know about this, whether it's that he doesn't have the mental capacity to know about this or he doesn't have the the maturity to know about this the life experience to know about this um that is not his fault can i ask a question regarding the operation of an unlicensed hair salon since this seems to be a big portion of our discussion (laughs) today um was he charging for any of this stuff um, well, we are told that he mm-hmm. receives cookies um, in lieu of, of payments. Okay. So that is certainly payment. And he's looking to uh, um, open a, a larger store at one point, but he can't get a loan because he has no proof of identity. So he was going to work for Joyce in her salon, like work with her. Yeah. All right. Let me make sure. Whether she was going to pay him or not is another question. Uh, well, she wanted something else in return from him, I think, is really mm-hmm. the key there. Um, alright, so, you know, the the only two things that I feel like we haven't 
delved into more or that I don't have as many notes on here um, is the manslaughter charge and the property damage charge. And I know the manslaughter was low on your list, um, sure. Lawyer Brad, but sure. it is out there. Um, so I don't know if there's anything else on the property damage or the manslaughter that you guys would like to say. And I'll let uh, Brad start. Sure. Um, on on the uh, uh, more important charge of the property damage, I mean, he, he literally carved a devil into someone's shrubbery um, facing facing into her home. Uh, you can't just carve a devil on somebody's property. That's creepy and weird. Um, it was a prank. A prank is not an excuse. Uh, we, I, we, this, this court is, is hugely against pranks. No, thank you. Don't do don't do pranks um on my property. No thanks. Don't like it. Crime. Crime. Also, she was terrible. She's a horrible person. Absolutely, she's terrible. Sure. Uh, but that doesn't mean you get to go around uh, carving up weird devils. At least, at least carve a devil that looks out at the street, not into my home. That's fucking weird. Um. He also he punctured a tire with his scissor hands. That can't be allowed. I no, absolutely not. Um, also, he was looking after the environment. It's less cars on the road. Um, if you have to replace <laughs> the tire with another tire, that's worse for the environment. <laughs> that's more tires in a landfill. He might have taken the tire to one of those places that like turns old tires into like cups and you know book covers and things. Um, what are these places? <laughs> Oh, the, oh, there the are places that do that. Into a book cover place. Yeah, they do it at my local hippie hippie uh, cafe. Well, that's another crime that we don't have time to get into. <laughs> the the tire. They also the- make Christmas trees out of uh, old computers and books and stuff. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I, a, as a lawyer, I'm gonna have to advise you to no, to not incriminate yourself further. I'm I'm sorry. I've got to call order into this court right now because this kind of discussion cannot be had. This is absolutely ridiculous, and huh. those people should also be jailed. I'll just yeah. put it to you that. Way. Absolutely. So. <laughs> now, on on the subject of manslaughter, um. I understand that there was a fight happening. Yes. Uh, but, but Edward made a conscious decision to stab a guy in the chest and push him out a window. Like, I, you know, there was a fight going on. Um, the guy was a jerk, but you still can't stab somebody and throw him out a window. Can't be allowed. All right. And Claire on the property damage and manslaughter. Any, any thoughts on those? I will say the property damage, the the intentional property damage, the accidental property damage, he couldn't help because he's been kidnapped from his large castle where, you know, there's a lot of space and he's been put in a tiny little house in the suburbs. Of course, stuff is going to get damaged. He has knives for hands. Um, The intentional damage, I would say, is due to the fact that he's been manipulated by everyone around him um, and abused by everyone around him. Um, So he was lashing out. He doesn't have the emotional maturity to express how he feels, so he lashed out like a child would. Um, So, yes, he did property damage uh, on purpose, but uh, he was—he didn't—he he, should have—he should have gone to a social worker. 
<laughs> you should have had some kind of, you know, they should have done something rather than just kidnap this guy that has no life experience, that was perfectly happy in his castle, and force him into this life of labour for them, seemingly. Um, the manslaughter, it was self-defence. He, uh, Jim had a gun, he was attacking um, Edward and Kim, Kim being the only person that still showed him any kind of honest compassion, I would say, at this point. He had felt betrayed by everyone else. Um, and again, he doesn't have the emotional maturity to necessarily know how to deal with that without lashing out and using his knives as a weapon. Um, also, Jim was a jerk. Jim <laughs> almost killed um, Kevin Boggs, and who knows how many other people he may have killed drunk driving, and how many of the cute dogs that lived in the neighbourhood he may have run over with his van um, had, he, had he lived. So I think Edward did the world and this neighbourhood a favour. All right. So why don't we go ahead and if you just have some overall um, thoughts or comments you want me to know before I, I go back into my chambers to make a decision, because this is, whew, I mean, this is a lot. So <laughs> uh, Brad, if you'd like to start us off with any last thoughts. Yes, I would just like to say again, ignorance of the law is absolutely no defense for uh, the cr the obvious crimes being committed here, mainly uh, reckless food contamination um, and running an unsolicited hair salon, which, by the way, operating a salon or barbershop without a license is considered unlicensed activity. Um, unlicensed activity in Florida is a criminal offense and can result in misdemeanor or felony charges if an individual is convicted. So uh, these are serious, serious charges. Also, uh... Think of the pups. The poor, sweet, innocent pups. Uh, Claire keeps saying that, oh, he, he was innocent. He didn't know, he didn't know these things. He didn't know about the law. The pups don't know about the law either. The pups don't know the law. They are the true victims here. Um, the pups would be dead if Jim was still alive. Uh, you know what? Jim's a jerk. Sure. Jim's a jerk. But you can't go around throwing jerks out of windows. Oh, I wish you could, though. I maybe, maybe the world would be a better place if you could throw more jerks out of windows. But you can't. Can't do it. Also, you can't carve devils into people's property. <laughs> Not allowed. Get off my property. Stop puncturing uh, tires. <laughs> Claire, any last thoughts, uh, overall thoughts from you? Uh, Edward Scissorhands was the true victim in this. He was kidnapped. He was manipulated. Um, he was exploited. He was, you know, he believed people cared about him, something he'd never had. Um, and then he was tossed aside and accused of, um, of, you know, horrific things that he was coerced into. Um, he's the true victim here. Um, the bog should be put on trial. I don't want to add to your workload though, Judge Tammy. Um, but I believe the bogs are the real monsters here. Okay. The bogs and, and Jim and basically the whole neighborhood. Wow. Everyone. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to go back into my chambers. Uh, just so much for me to go over, guys. So you might have to give me a moment. Why don't you guys talk amongst yourselves? Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll be back shortly. Hey, Brad. Hey, what's up? I made you some cookies. Oh, amazing. I love a cookie. Yeah. What kind of cookies are don't they? Tell, don't tell Judge Tammy, because oh. then she'll want some. Oh. She can't have some. All right, well, you know, when I make things... I feel I like even though we're on opposite sides of this case, Brad, mm -hmm. we can still be friends. 
Absolutely. I mean, like, I listen, when you lose this case, I don't want you to feel bad, Claire. It's okay. We'll still be friends even if you lose the case. It's cool. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you're eating that cookie because I laced them with poison. Ha ha, I win. Ha <laughs> ha. <sighs> um, Claire, the trial's already over, so uh, if, whether I live or die, it's not going to change the judge's ruling. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're threatening to kill the judge as well. I'd never kill the judge. She's she's fair and always looks fabulous and has really nice hair. Well, I mean, I have made cookies for the judge before, so, um, and uh, the judge knows that I would never poison her cookies. So, <laughs> I think you're run- I think you're uh, running a real deficit today, Claire. By the way, Brad, when I poison your cookies, I poison them with love. Ha ha! Surprise double twist. Hmm. Whoa! Wild. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Uh- <laughs> I don't know what I've walked into. It's a weird cookie love fest happening in front of me, and I'm not sure how I should take that. Also, where are my cookies at? Uh, excuse people in this courtroom. Oh, there's, there's, uh, see this brown bag? Mm-hmm. Um, they're for you. Oh, they're for oh, you, Judge. Perfect. These are your cookies. Okay, thank you. They're also poisoned with love. Oh. I mean, I, I brought you oh. donuts last week that were poisoned with That's- nothing. They were not poison. They were delightful. Uh, Judge, I bought you. I bought you violet sweets that taste like old ladies. Oh, yeah, those are good too. Wow. Yeah, Why does food get to me so much as a judge? Maybe I need to <laughs> rethink my life. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Um, so are we we ready to hear the verdicts on the yeah. details of this case? Oh my goodness, so many, so many. So I'm gonna go ahead and go in the order. Um, that brad what you really thought was the most important down to the kind of the least important that's the order i'm gonna go ahead and and read the verdicts on so the first one was operating an unsolicited hair salon and you know i was really on the fence about this one and uh because you know these people did volunteer to go see him but what got me was when I asked the question about payment, you are correct, he did get paid. So this was not a volunteer freebie type of thing. This was an actual, actual solicitation. And you're correct, that is a misdemeanor or felony in the state of Florida. So guilty as charged on operating an unsolicited hair oh. salon. Um, reckless food contamination. Again, so close because um, I was thoroughly disgusted. <laughs> watching this documentary uh, and I am not sure how he could keep his blades clean but then I remembered he was taken to get his blades sharpened by one of the neighbors so they were taking care of his blades so the fact that he was just choosing to move from one activity to another without doing anything or going to anyone for help when he was aware that help was there for him that's on him oh so, yeah, that is also guilty. Um, but I will say, just so grossed out with even people making the choice to eat when he was offering them food. So Yeah. Or letting them do their hair when he had just basically did some weed whacker shit. Like, no thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Alright, now we're on to property damage. So actually, the next three, not that I lumped them together, I do have, you know, verdicts on each. Obviously, I'm not a judge who will just willy-nilly lump things together. Um, But I did want to read, there was a psychologist who did talk to Edward uh, that we do know of and is on record. So I'd like to read a statement from the psychologist. 
that says the years spent in isolation have not equipped him with the tools necessary to judge right from wrong. He has he has had no contacts. He's been without guidance. Furthermore, his work, the garden sculptures, hairstyles, and so forth, indicate that he's a highly imaginative character. It seems familiar, or it seems clear that his awareness of what we call reality is radically underdeveloped. So I had to take that in mind. That is a professional speaking um, who did meet with Edward. And I had to keep that in mind. And uh, to Claire's point, yes, there was some accidental property damage. And I agree, he, he really had no concept of how to be in the world with those blades. Um, but the intentional damage, you are correct. He lashed out as a child. And going back to that, what that psychologist said, he really had no way to deal with his emotions because he's emotionally underdeveloped um, and he had no guidance. So for property damage, I'm going to say not guilty. Um, breaking and entering... Uh, that actually, because uh, this was brought up too, he was already arrested and then he was released. So I had to actually drop this charge. So there's not a guilty or not uh, guilty or not guilty. That char- charge has been dropped because that has already been dealt with um, outside of our court system. And manslaughter. Um, as much as I would like to say this is manslaughter, uh, just because that would be the easy verdict, it really was self-defense. Jim was a freaking jerk. He had a gun. He was trying to kill them both. So <laughs> I said that, that that was uh, self-defense and not manslaughter. So not guilty on that charge. So geez, two two guilty verdicts, two not guilty verdicts, yeah. and one case that was dropped. Nice. Well done, nice. Brad. Oh, jeez, Louise. Okay. Guess I, can I say, I think, I know he was paid with cookies. I don't think he was eating those cookies. I think the bogs were eating those cookies. <laughs> those greedy bogs bastards. Oh, yeah. Those, those, they should definitely all be in prison. Yeah. They're all monsters. Yeah. They're, they're pretty terrible people. So, um, guys, that was, that was a lot. Uh, thank you for, for allowing me to be judge in this case, but also, jeez, you made me work this episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, good work, Brad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good work, Brad. Good work, Claire. Um, so that that's what we got. Next time, we are going to cover the case, which I've never even heard of. So this is going to be exciting for, for me, at least, which is the case of um, Peter Blood, a.k.a. Captain Blood. And it's a case about piracy, which I don't think we've... I don't Ooh. know if we've had a piracy case before, so... Ooh. It's the world against us and us against the world. Those of you in favor of these articles, raise your right hands and say aye! Aye! We shouldn't hang this man. No! No! I'm over the end of a gun. And we'll scatter his innards all over the sugarcane field. You're wasting words, I say. Let's hang it. You win the prize, Captain Blood. <laughs> Au revoir, mon chéri. Au revoir. Mmm, <laughs> quel charmant, Capitaine. Mm, what sort of a man are you, hmm? Faith, I'm the sort of man you like, my dear. Man with money. Jeremy! Must you be forever sleeping when I need you? I wasn't sleeping, Peter. I was, well, I never was... mind. Get ready to come about. Set the course for Port Royal. But, Peter, the English fleet is at Port Royal. Colonel Bishop, sweet, merciful heaven, haven't you ears? Set the course for Port Royal! <laughs>
pirate ways. I've seen myself bargained for and fought over a combat between jackals. You pirates are used to taking what you want without the formality of purchase. I'm thief and pirate, and I'll show you how a thief and a pirate can deal. I advise you to go back to your ladies at Tortuga, who are thrilled by your bow lawless ways. What matters is that now I own you as once you own me. You're mine, do you understand? Mine to do with as I please. Um, so that will be exciting. Brad, do you want to tell us who will be um, judge, defense, and prosecution? Absolutely. We should say as well, it's a case about piracy, like real piracy, not yes. like, yeah, yeah. you know, downloading a copy of Cats and watching it piracy. Yeah, who, care, who cares about that's that just, piracy? That's just being a hero. <laughs> Correct. As a historical case. So uh, next time on the podcast, in the podcast versus Captain Blood, as judge, Claire. Yay! Prosecution, Tammy. Oh. And I will be defending <laughs> Peter Blood. Oh, boy. I don't know if I have an easy or a hard job, but I'll find out. I will do my job to the full extent of the law. <laughs> It'll be fun. I believe in you both. You're both heroes. I like I like a nice historical case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From way Going back, back in, the day. in history. Yeah. All right. So, do we have anything else for the case of Edward Scissorhands? It made a great ballet. <laughs> wow. I don't know if I expected that to be the statement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, until next time, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via true true crime at reactionary-sass.com. Join our absolutely true true crime Facebook group and follow us at true true crime on Twitter. Call the SAS line 321-710-4947 and maybe you can help solve a mystery. Our other podcast and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sass.com. <laughs>